It's time for Speaking of Speaking. Quick tips and tools to take you from stage fright to spotlight. This podcast gives you an inside look from the world of public speaking and speaking secrets you need to be bold from the stage, no matter what business you're in. The host of Speaking of Speaking, Carl Richards. Thank you, Matt. Yes, it's another edition of the Speaking of Speaking podcast where we have various topics all related to speaking and presenting various things about the speaking world and about the business world as well. Sometimes we have a guest. Sometimes it's just me flying solo. And speaking of guests, next week we will have our big voice guy, Matt Soper, on the podcast, getting more information about what he does and what he's all about. But today I wanted to talk about your elevator pitch. And I've done a whole workshop on this. This is actually one of the signature things that I do is I help people strengthen their 30-second elevator pitches so they can be more successful in networking settings. And networking settings mean various things depending on the types of events you are attending. So networking can be anything from going to chambers of commerce mixers or larger events, or networking can be going to regular networking meetings and standing up and having to deliver a 30-second elevator pitch. But I thought today that we'd start right at the beginning and talk about firstly what an elevator pitch is and then some of the things that can help you be successful with your elevator pitch. So first off, an elevator pitch, What what is it? You know, when we think of elevator pitches, a lot of people think of that short message that you would deliver to a CEO or business partner, a potential business partner as you're riding up an elevator. Well, that's sort of one theory as to what an elevator pitch is. The actual history of the elevator pitch goes back several years to when elevators were used for cargo only. And the reason why they were used for cargo only was because they weren't very sturdy. And every now and again, because they were operated on a series of pulleys. So what would happen is every now and again, those pulleys would break and the lift would come crashing down and destroy whatever the cargo was in the elevator, hence the term lose your payload. And then what happened was somebody came along and said, well, there has to be a better way for this, not only for cargo, but maybe we can expand it to allowing humans to use elevators as well. So it wasn't until somebody invented the elevator brake, (laughs) essentially, which was this pin that would stop the elevator on various floors. And how do you convince a public, though, that is used to elevators coming crashing to the ground that it's safe for human transportation as well as cargo. So what he did was gathered people together who were either influencers or investors or people in the media of the day, and he stood inside this elevator and demonstrated it going up and at the appropriate time attached the brake. So he was pitching his new idea or his new elevator system to the public, hence the elevator pitch was born. And of course, as we've already indicated, yes, there have been applications in the past where that 30-second message is one that you would share with an executive, whether you're vying for a job or vying for a contract. So, But what is an elevator pitch? Well, it's a short, succinct message that promotes your business or passion. But mostly what it does is it answers the question, why you? Of all the people who are in this field or in this industry, why should I buy from you or why should I do business with you? Here's what an elevator pitch is not. It's not a sales pitch. And a lot of people mix that up. They 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 think that you can pitch or promote by selling something in your elevator pitch. 
And it's just not the time to do that because you really haven't established enough credibility in 30 seconds or less to say something like, oh, and I'm having a big sale this week and everything is 10% off. So it's not the appropriate time to do that. An elevator pitch is also not an infomercial. Some people mistake that. And the reason why it's not an infomercial is an infomercial, again, becomes almost like a sales pitch and has, you know, it has a very distinct purpose to get you to buy something based on either some kind of a hook or some kind of a gimmick, sort of like, you know, think back to the 80s and 90s, the the Ginsu or the Stay Sharp Knives. Those were very gimmicky infomercials that were very successful. A lot of people bought those products products because you could cut a tin can with your knife and then slice a tomato and everything would be great. That's not the kind of thing you want to have for your elevator pitch. You don't want it to be gimmicky. You want it to be sincere. You want it to be authentic. And an elevator pitch is also not a soapbox for you to complain about things that are going on in your industry or things that are going on in the world. And I've I've heard speakers do this. I've heard business people stand up and deliver an elevator pitch and complain about something that has no relevance to what their industry is. And they lose an opportunity to connect with a prospective client when they aren't focused on exactly what it is that they do, and why it is that they are sharing this message with people. So keep that in mind as we talk about this today. So an elevator pitch, just to review, it's not a sales pitch. I mean, there are opportunities for you to make a sale after you've convinced someone that you are the expert. It's not an infomercial, and it's not a soapbox to complain. So for a successful elevator pitch, what do you need? Well, there's three things you need. Firstly, you need a problem. You need to identify the problem that you solve. So what is that problem? So the problem that I help people solve is lack of confidence or fear related to speaking. So that's the problem I solve. So I think about that every single time I deliver an elevator pitch, whether it's a 30-second pitch that I'm doing in a standard networking meeting like a BNI or where I live, Kingston Connections, or some type of meeting like that, or Kingston Sales and Marketing as well. So, But you need to be able to identify what that problem is, and it needs to really get into the heart and soul of people. Some people will skate around what the problem is, and I've seen this a lot with people in the wellness industry they'll get really hung up in the the terminology that might be used in their industry, but they won't really speak to what the real problem is. Okay, so you really have to make sure that you're getting right to that problem. And a good way to think of that is think of what is going on in people's lives. What are the pain points that either keep them awake at night or stress them out? And there are four basic pain points that we we focus on in our lives four basic ones we all at some point you know focus on and they are time a lot of people want more time another one is money a lot of people wish they had more money or are looking for ways to make more money or save money or get out of debt or, or whatever it is so th- anything related to money so we have time money health and then relationships time money health, and relationships. Those are the four big pain points. Now, within your industry, you might find another one as well. For example, I was coaching with a photographer, oh, a couple of years ago, and he discovered that one of his pain points was capturing or treasuring memories. So that in his industry, 
again, it's very specific to the photographic or video industry was how do you, how do you capture those memories and how do you preserve them? And those are, can be another pain point that he can play on, but that's not for everyone, but the four big ones, time, money, health, and relationships. So with the problem that you solve, you need to to identify what the pain point is. So with me, one of the things I'll do in my elevator pitch is I will say something like, I start out with with a positioning statement and then a positioning question. So So my positioning statement is... The quickest, most effective way to position yourself as an expert is by speaking about what it is that you do. That's my statement. Then I'll ask a question. And the question is, who likes to talk about themselves? And I'll ask for a show of hands when I do that. And a lot of hands go up. And that's when I say, well, I understand that. And it's probably not your fault. And the problem with that is if you are in business and you're trying to connect with people, if you're saying the wrong things, instead of getting clients, you might be pushing people away. So there's a pain point because when you're pushing potential clients away, that affects your pocketbook. So there I am positioning my pain point around money. And then I say what it is that I do. Well, I help people find their voice. So when they have to give a presentation that they're clear with their messaging, they get the results they want and they make more money. So I identify the problem. I position myself as the solution, and then I give this thing called a call to action. And the call to action can be anything, but you need to be clear on what you want the audience to do with that call to action. It's the roadmap. It's sort of it's sort of like going on a road trip, and you're two-thirds of the way to your destination. Without the call to action, it would be like stopping two-thirds of the way and going, we're here. Say, we're here, we've arrived. Well, you haven't arrived until you've delivered that call to action. So with me, my call to action quite often in an elevator pitch setting is something like if you are committed to growing your business and positioning yourself as an expert by speaking about what it is that you do, schedule a speaking breakthrough session with me. So I have very distinct direction as to what I want the audience to do with the information I've just shared with them. So again, for a successful pitch, you need three things. You need to solve a problem and identify what that problem is. You need to present what your solution is, and then you need a call to action. And there are many different templates you can use to do that. The one I like does start, as I said, with the positioning statement and the positioning question, then goes into the solution, then the call to action. How long should your 30-second elevator pitch be? I know it sounds like a trick question. (laughs) It really isn't your 30 second elevator pitch. And I asked this question, by the way, because a lot of people don't know. They just stand up ill prepared or completely unprepared and start rambling and hope that they don't get to the end of their 30 seconds and hear either a buzzer or a timer. And some networking groups will do that. They'll have a timing device that will cut you off at 30 seconds. So think about this. If you're writing your pitch out, and you should write it out word for word and memorize it so you can then internalize the message and be consistent with your messaging all the time. But your 30-second elevator pitch should come in roughly at 70 words. Seven zero, 70 words. And if it's longer than that, then you need to find out how you can pair it back. Because any longer than 70 words, you're running the risk of going over time. Better to be a couple of seconds short than go over by two or three seconds and not have a chance to finish. All right, so so think about that. Write it to 70 words, practice it consistently, 
keep it the same as well. And I know a lot of people don't like to keep it the same. They like to switch it up a little bit. And I, I like to, I like to use this as an example. I, I, and this is, this is a really good example. Here's what I want you to do. What I want you to do is I want you to take your website. If you have a website, take your website and I want you to change it up every single time you go on it. Change something about it. Every, you know, change everything. Change your messaging. Change your photos. Change all that. You wouldn't do that, right? Because that would be inconsistent with your branding and inconsistent with what it is that you do. Same thing with your elevator pitch. It should always reflect your brand and always reflect what it is that you do and how and how you help people. So for your elevator pitch, here's what you want to do, though. You want to be honest. You want to be honest. You want to be sincere. You want to be authentic. You want to be real. You don't want people to second guess or question what it is that you do. You want to make sure you position yourself as the solution. Be the solution all the time. Make sure that you should be top of mind when people need you or your services. And be yourself. Allow yourself to be who you are. Don't try and be somebody else. Don't try and sound like some great thought leader that you follow. Be yourself because the only person who can be you is you. So make sure you are yourself. A couple of things you don't want to do as well. You don't want to sell. We already told you why, because it's, it's, there's, there's not enough time in 30 seconds to sell your product or sell your service. You don't want to boast. You don't want to make your elevator pitch all about you and all about the great things that you do, you want it to be about the audience. And remember that every time you speak, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but every time you speak, it's not about you. It's about the audience. So think about, again, the problem you solve, the solution that you have, and then what your call to action is. And if you focus on those three things, you won't have time to boast about your awards and your accolades and where you went to school. All right. And don't complicate it. Don't overthink it. Keep it consistent and keep it simple. And that's your 30-second elevator pitch shared with you in less than 15 minutes. (laughs) It'll take you longer than that probably to perfect it and craft it. And by the way, it's one of those things that should always be in motion, something that you're always working on to make better all the time. I certainly hope this has been helpful. If you ever have a question, just drop me a note and I'd be more than happy to answer it for you. Now, what's after the 30-second elevator pitch? Well, next time we'll be talking about the next phase of connecting with people and that's with your two-minute client story until next time it's carl richards get out there and own the platform thanks for listening to the speaking of speaking podcast fired up about something you heard today want to learn more be sure to visit carlspeaks.ca and don't forget to follow carl on twitter at carl 72 or join the facebook group speaking of speaking 